and gentlemen, this is It's All Good, Man, The Better, Better Call Saul Podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. Dave, Dave, how's it going today? Well, dip me in salt and lick my asshole. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) If anybody, and here's the thing, if anybody can tell me why I said that and how it relates to what we're doing here, get a t-shirt. Do I get a t-shirt? Because I have no clue. You kind of sprung that on me, and I had no idea it was coming. <laughs> Dave and I also host a Nothing Important Podcast. You can find that at www.nothingimportantpodcast.com. It's on iTunes, all that good stuff. Make sure to check that out where Dave and I talk to people more successful and famous than will ever be. But today we are talking about Better Call Saul, episode 206, titled Bally High. Dave, are you ready? Yeah, let's do this, Brian. (laughs) Let's do it. So we open up the episode. uh, Jimmy is sleeping restlessly. Uh, Something's obviously bugging him. He he wakes up, starts watching TV, uh, presumably sometime early in the morning. See a one eighteen or one oh eight. One oh eight in the morning. I wrote down all the times every time it showed the clock. Nice. Okay. Uh, Wakes up at one oh eight in the morning, and uh, it was kind of nice to see the classic Chia Pet commercial. Yeah, I wanted to, to I wanted to note though that they very clearly show that the spot next to him is like it's an empty spot that used to be occupied. Mm-hmm. Like he's missing yeah. like he's, he's missing, missing something. Yeah, yeah, he's missing something. Maybe a Kim. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. another th- and then one, one thing oh. I found interesting was um this takes place in 2002 or roughly 2002-2003, right? Yeah. And and he comes across a channel playing the national anthem sign off. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's that awesome. Used to be a thing. Yeah, my, yeah, when my dad was young, <laughs> my dad would be like, <laughs> you know, in my day, like when we had TVs after 10 o'clock, they played the national anthem and TV went off the air until seven in the morning when the news started. And I'm like, and I'm like, I remember thinking, wow, dad, you are fucking old. <laughs> I don't remember any channel in 2002 that would do that. Like usually it's like paid programming for like fucking Yeah. Yeah, maybe wow or whatever. <laughs> maybe well that's when it switches over to paid programming as we saw with ah. the commercial that came up next. But maybe this is like a throwback to a throwback. Maybe. Maybe just a nice back, like back sentimental back touch. In the late 90s early 2000s a lot of TV shows and movies would reference that American flag national anthem thing. Mhm. Just kind of a throwback to a throwback. Maybe. I, I don't remember ever seeing that mm. in real life, though, watching TV late. And then, and then I remember on. one time, and it's like the shitty, like the UF, the UHF stations out of Chicago would do it. Yeah. And but then they go think- into the mesothelioma commercial. You know. <laughs> right. you know, okay, so this is stupid. For years, every time I hear mesothelioma, for uh, for some reason, I always think of the uh, two live crew song, like, Bubba be so horny. And I always try to put... <laughs> The mamiso, like mamisoliama, <laughs> and I don't know why I do that. They have nothing to do with each other. Just for some reason, for like ten years, every time I hear mesothelioma, I have to be like mamisoliama. <laughs> what's what's the, what's the stuff in the ceiling that causes it? Asbestos. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, miso asbestos. <laughs> So Jimmy's flipping the uh, channel, and he comes across a fucking Davison Maine commercial for the Sandpiper lawsuit. 
Yeah, and I'm wondering, is this the mesothelioma guy? I think it's the same guy from that other commercial, but I want to know if this is the real-life mesothelioma guy. Because these are real commercials that they're mocking. Right. But yeah, he comes across Sandpiper. They went over his head. Yeah, he, he feels kind of a... Well, I mean, not pissed and betrayed, you know? And probably with that character, he's probably like... Those sons of bitches took my idea. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how he's going to think of it. Even though he did it and pissed them off, and now they kind of did the same. He feels the same way that Davidson Maine felt. Like, what yeah. the hell? He cut me they out, did, dude. They didn't consult him. They didn't consult him. And and the client reach out or client outreach is his department. Yeah, absolutely. Sons of bitches. Um, so after after he feels a little uh, dejected, this is this is one of my. Uh, I'm a big person of tropes. I've spoke about that before, how they bother me. But, you know, Jimmy, the single guy living by himself, heads to the refrigerator. And there's like two cartons of Chinese food, like leftover. Does anybody leave over Chinese food? Because it's like impossible to warm up and make edible again. Oh, no, I do it all the time. Do you really? What I do, I love love to take my General Tso chicken. Mm -hmm. If you have never seen the documentary Searching for General Tso, check it out because it's pretty cool. Okay. Um, so I always get General Tso's chicken. It's an American dish. It's my favorite. But when you nuke well, all it, all Chinese and food you is mix an American th- dish. No, all the Chinese food that we have here. There's like uh, two. There's like two of them that are actually Chinese. <laughs> 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 it's like Mugu Gai Pan and uh-huh. like Kung Pao or something. Yeah, like there's okay. a couple that are actually. But yeah, they're mostly but Americanized version. It was right. It was the food that was developed for the Chinese railroad workers to make money while catering. Uh, to the white employers why they were building the railroads across this great land of ours. Oh, well, that's very interesting, Brian, but let's not forget that uh, tacos were created by Mexican workers that wanted to eat on the go and couldn't, like, pack a lunch or have access to refrigerators. I think what we need to what we need to take solace in, Dave, is that all of the aforementioned food is goddamn delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Point that cannot be argued. <laughs> yeah, as true now as it was when it was written, my friend. That is, that is correct. I say that way too much, but I like it. That uh, is correct. So Jimmy still can't get to sleep. He's doing all sorts of crazy uh, trick shots with yarn balls. And uh, uh, what, what cracked me up is uh, the one where he's laying on the couch and he's just from his back, like throwing the ball straight up in the air and then catching it. Uh huh. I do that all the goddamn time just to like waste time. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's um, like the fear. It's the fear of watching it come right back at your face and wondering if you're going to catch it. See, for me, it's always how close can I get to the ceiling without hitting ah. the ceiling? Because if you do hit the ceiling, the spin of the ball, it'll knock it off in some other direction. Then you got to go chase True. it down. Yeah, yeah. tempting fate. Yeah, tempting yeah but that fate. doesn't um, that doesn't uh, satiate um, his insomnia. I guess no, no. Yeah. It's it, it. The clock keeps rolling. It shows the clock at one forty three, yep. then it shows and the clock uh, at two twenty three, and the song. You know the song that's playing in the background, right? No, what is it? It's called Sleepwalk. Really? Yeah. Nice, nice. And it, it, I love how it starts to fall apart, but you can tell that it's like a real musician making it fall apart. Like it gets shitty, and the the tune yeah. gets off, and it starts to just like. Oh yeah, you, you know what? I I actually just watched this again. Um, looking at the clock, probably less than less than two hours ago, I rewatched it again to take notes for our our, uh, our podcast today. And uh, you know, I I I noticed it, but I didn't really notice it. You know right. what I mean? Like like uh, I was like, huh? Like what? Because it was like, like 
it, it's, it's done on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's so hard. I think you can actually relate. You'll say you can't because you're not a real musician, you always say. But it's hard to purposely do something wrong in a musical context, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. You Dave know. Porter talked about that when he was on our on our show. So Yeah, go back and listen to uh, my, Brian wasn't there, but my interview with Dave Porter. He mm-hmm. doesn't, actually, he probably wrote, he might have done that. He might have, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jimmy uh, decides he's going to head home. He's got to yeah, head I home. That. I did. I really did like that. Yeah, head back to the uh, nail salon, and he kind of. Uh, I like. He goes through all the same motions, like pushing the desk across the room, setting the chair on top of the desk so the fold-out bed could barely fit, and he kind of cuddles in and uh, falls asleep with a smile on his face. That's right. He he's home. That's which is which is nice to see because you know what the funny thing about the character now that I think about it, you don't really see him smile all that often. Only like when he, he's pulling something over on somebody yeah i mean he, he's actually somewhat of a miserable <laughs> miserable character yeah well Tragic. yeah because he's it's a constant internal struggle of what he wants to be versus what everybody tells him he should be yeah yeah so he falls asleep with a smile and uh jimmy's at peace and we cut to the opening which is phone booth yeah phone booth with the phone book did you notice anything different about that dave actually i should say pay phone um no i didn't go back and look all right well one. uh we we've talked about that. Remember the first uh, first season? It was just kind of fun because they changed every episode. And then I think it was last week or the week before we talked about. You know, we we keep bringing it up because we, you know, we're just looking for some subtle change, right? Mm-hmm. Like just to see if something's different, right? But it, right. for the most part, it seems to, you know, pretty much uh, have the same pattern as the first season. Right. 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 I think. No, not right. Oh uh, no! The, the one time I don't double check, I miss something. <laughs> Twitter, uh, Twitter listener Winston Brewington says, uh, uh, "Guys, I've noticed a difference in the show openers. This season, every show opener has a hint of black and white to them that wasn't present in season one." And I was like, "Interesting." So, yeah. uh, once again, as I mentioned, I watched uh, two hundred six again uh, a couple hours ago, and I I rewound it uh, after it passed by a couple times. And uh, I'll be damned, Winston Brewington is absolutely correct. Uh, for a split second, everything turns black and white. And and then it just continues normally. So, this this reminds me of Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. Bo- you, you know the movie Boondock Saints? I do. Where every time Agent Smecker gets his story closer to the actual events, it takes place in real time closer to the... In the film, right? It gets closer and closer and closer. Yeah. So this is moving in the timeline in Better Call Saul. The timeline is moving closer and closer to now, which is black yeah. and white. So maybe they're adding more and more black and white, and eventually it'll be all black and white because it'll be now. Yeah, maybe. How does that cool, make sense right? Of a parallel, was that? It, it does. Uh, Winston Brewington. Uh, we're going to send you a T-shirt. That's a good catch. Yeah, it's a nice snatch, as I like to say. Yeah, nice plus snack. I got to get rid of these t-shirts. They're taking over my life, man. <laughs> well, that's, that's to this episode already. Yep. If, if somebody right. comes back with the uh, the thing that I mentioned earlier, yes. Mm-hmm. Back into the episode proper. Kim's brushing her teeth. And did you notice that the camera kind of slides over to see if anybody's standing next to her? Like she's missing the thing next to her? Yeah, you know what? Uh, okay, yeah, not in that... Well, yeah, I guess kind of, because I was like, oh, I wonder if Jimmy's there, because that was very similar to the setup a few episodes ago. Right. 
Right. And I just I took it as like they were showing the full bed with Jimmy, like Kim's missing. They're showing yeah. the side of Kim, like Jimmy's missing. And I, that's when I kind of figured, if you know what Bali High is about, and then mm-hmm. you see that they're setting up this whole like they're on their own, missing the person next to them, you can kind of see yeah. where this episode's going. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that in a second. Um, when she was waiting for the call, I wasn't really sure. Cause I talked last episode where I, I kind of related my own experience about having somebody kind of lord over you, you know, and during that whole situation, like I was kind of like, like Kim seemed to me kind of how I was during that situation for a few months. Like I'd wake up at like four 30 in the morning, getting ready to go to downtown Chicago. And I would literally just sit there on the side of the bed and just kind of be like, okay, Brian, you can do this. You can do this. You know what I mean? Like kind right. of like, like, kind of putting it off to the absolute last second while trying to psych yourself up. But then she kind of started spying the phone and the call never came. And I was like, Oh, okay. She's obviously waiting for a phone call, but maybe it's like a mix of the emotions because I've totally been there where it's just like, okay, we just, we just got to make it through the day. It'll be okay. You know, we're like eight, nine hours away. So, uh, but then she gets the phone call and Jimmy's sinking belly high. Jimmy's singing belly high to her. Yeah. Singing, not sinking, singing. singing. I can't speak today. Yeah. Singing. <laughs> Uh, belly high, which is about what Dave, according to Wikipedia, the, uh, source of all knowledge in the world ever. Right. Um, belly high is about an Island. It's on the horizon and it's not so distant, but it's a, an unattainable place of innocence. Right. So it's something you think is within reach, but not quite. Yeah. I get it. Deep, man. Listeners, make your own, draw your own conclusions off of that. Yeah, it's from uh, South Pacific, man. Yep, from South Pacific. has been covered by a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the, the latest one would be uh, Jimmy McGill. Jimmy McGill, yep. Via phone message. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I, didn't he say, uh, and then uh, that, uh, that completes the catalog for uh, South Pacific, and he's going to move on to the Carpenter it's, Sisters? It's our, it's our week-long <laughs> tour of uh, south pacific and now we're going to explore the carpenters catalog yep <laughs> but and it's clever because he's like i'm open to requests so call me yeah you know yeah i like that that's cute and there's something about i wanted to say something about kim and that the way she's looking at the phone okay so then say it yeah i'm leading up to it okay sorry so, i didn't know if that was off the record or on the record no this is on the record okay gotcha. um, <laughs> years a couple years ago I was trying to chase down this girl, right? And it wasn't working out. Is this a real life anecdote? This is a real, real, real life story that maybe okay. it came into my mind. We're getting awful personal on the second season of uh, It's All Good, Man. Well, I, well, people say they like us. It's not about it's, the show. Yeah. It's, they it's like our, us. It's, it's our emotional connection to the people that listen. Yeah, exactly. And I just like telling stories about my personal life because who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, carry on. So I was like, whatever, chasing this girl. I was in the friend zone, whatever. And uh, I decided, I made this a conscious decision, I was going to make sure that she woke up to a text from me Mm -hmm. every day for a while. Okay. So I did it for two weeks to the day, every day. Mm -hmm. Hey, good morning, whatever, something really nice and sweet, whatever. The day I stopped doing it, got a text from her at 11 o'clock in the morning saying, hey, I'm hoping to have a good day. (laughs) <laughs> really it was an experiment that i ran on myself but that's literally what happened the day i stopped doing it she hit me up and i was that's when it hit me i was like this is like jimmy has conditioned kim to expect this phone call every morning that's why she's checking her watch she's like should i go should i wait for it 
Right. And she ended up does waiting for it, and you see in her face, she really, really appreciates it, but she can't quite get herself to call him back. Yeah. So, guys, that shit totally works. Right. Just saying. <laughs> well, that that's that's true. You know, we're all creatures of habit. Uh, every day when mm-hmm. I leave work, I text my wife one thing, one simple word, and it's just vroom. V-R-O-O-M with a period. You know, I'm vrooming home, like vroom. Right. That, right. If I ever forget... I can always tell at about 10 minutes into my drive, she'll call me and be like, hey, where are you at? And every time it's the same, you know, Mannheim yeah. Road. Yeah. <laughs> same yeah, exact we, thing. Yeah. It's, it, you yeah. get conditions. It's, it's so weird how you can condition yourself to an interaction. That's a regular interaction. Yeah. Like if we were up late, if we we're uploading our episode kind of late and people start tweeting us, where the hell's the episode at? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so Jimmy's getting ready for work and he's interrupt, interrupted by uh, Mrs. Nguyen. Which, I finally put something together. Anybody that's worked as a telemarketer will know that eventually you'll run into about like 50 names a day that are like N-G-Y-U-G-E-N or something yeah. like that. It's Nguyen. like Mrs. Nguyen, like Nguyen. Nguyen. Yeah, Nguyen. All right, the G so, is silent. Yeah. So she wants to know why Jimmy is there He he because, uh, you know, obviously he has the corporate apartment. Um, my thing about that is, though, I never thought about it. Where does Jimmy shower? When he stays there. Cucumber water? <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I never thought of... Well, he's right next to the hot water heater. Yeah, that's good. I don't, right. Yeah, I never, I never thought about that. I never yeah. did. Uh, so he, he asked her for coffee. She says, you can afford your own. And uh, he kind of uses it like, hey, sooner I get coffee, sooner I get out of here. She walks off mumbling something in Korean. If anybody out there speaks Korean, I'd sure love to know what she said. <laughs> well, I like how he, and I, I do like how he said, oh, she asked him if he lost his job. He's like, I should be so lucky. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You miserable. asshole. Just take, yeah. And, and I felt the same way. Just take your free shit and shut up. Right. <laughs> Not my fault. You got to go to your rat hole, old fucking office to get some sleep. Right. Yeah. Well, he is paid up. Remember, he says yeah. that he is paid up. So yeah. within his legal rights. He knows the law. Yep. Boundaries, Mrs. Newen. Boundaries. Boundaries. That's right. <laughs> uh, and once again, his cup won't fit in the cup holder. Yeah, and I wrote down, wouldn't he fucking realize this by now? <laughs> How long has he had the car? He's had at least a week, right? I mean, right. we're not really sure of timelines. Right. But it's it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Not knowing mm-hmm. this is going to come into play later, but yes. Yep. Uh, we see Kim. She's putting her placard back on her office door. It appears she's out of the cornfields. That's right. She's got her own office back, and uh, she's, she's, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. That's interesting to me because not only did she just get stuck in document review, he took her whole office away. <laughs> like I thought it was just a punishment where she that was just her station at work for a while. I didn't think uh, they'd take her whole office away, but apparently they evicted her. Because remember, Jimmy showed up and went straight to her office. It was completely empty. Oh yeah, yeah. Good That's point. how he knew to go down to the cornfields. Ah. I didn't put two and two together. Very nice. Very. I nice. did not pay close attention to see if this was the same office or not, or if she's mm. being, you know, you're back yeah. up top, but you get a shittier office, you know. Right. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure uh, somebody will let us know. We'll hear all about it eventually. I think it might have been mentioned. I wrote down in my notes she got her old office back. Yep. So uh, Howard comes to the door and he says, "You haven't unpacked yet." And I thought they made amends, man. The way that he said it, yeah. I, I thought they made amends. I was like, "Okay, so we're back on good graces. We're going to find out how that happened." Yeah, that's what I but, thought uh, too. No, no, not at all. Well, keep going because I had mixed kind of a mixed thing about what happens next. Okay, well they're walking down the hall and uh, he's not saying a word and making it very uncomfortable. He's not even looking at her. 
You know, and she even says, uh, look, uh, I, I did not ask Chuck to step in on my behalf. Like, mm-hmm. like I, you know, so like, she's like fishing for ideas too, trying to figure out why he's being so despondent towards her. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, yeah. well, you know, like, I didn't tell Chuck to say anything to you trying to figure out what exactly is going on. But uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't sway him till the very end when uh, you know they're about to turn the corner and he puts his game face on and he smiles you know enters the door and he meets uh, you know Paige and Kevin for their for their meeting. Um, well, but he he's I, obviously I, pissed. What I what I got from it is um, I wrote down he stays stoic and ignoring her with a this is not the time vibe. Really, that's kind of what I took. Maybe mm-hmm. like when she says it. He's just kind of like, this isn't the time for that, dude. Like, no, we're we're on the way. I'm focused. He's got his game face on. He literally turns on the charm as he crosses the threshold. <laughs> yeah, you know, right, the smile right. comes yeah. in two steps before the door. Right. I, yeah. That's what I kind of thought. Maybe like this is just like kind of like this isn't the time for that, Kim. Like, yeah, gotcha. You know, okay. Bigger fish to fry, but maybe he just wants to ignore it completely because he's still pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She sucks in her breath as she closes the door. Right, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a cool little thing, too. Well, go, going back to that that frustration that I was talking about at the beginning, like, okay, we can get through this, you know? Yeah. You know, and then, like, the workday, she has a big meeting, you know? Maybe she's just like, okay, I can do it. You know, like, reassuring yeah. herself, like, okay. That's I can what do it was. This. It was like, it yeah. was her putting her game face on, too, because, you know, Hamlin's already got his on. Right, absolutely. Uh, Mike comes home, and uh, Mike comes home. He has a visitor waiting, and for some reason, I love the little detail of the tire screeching across the curb. <laughs> like as he pulls in it just barely taps the curb and it's like, <laughs> like I didn't even notice in. that and I always yeah. listen with headphones on I always have my headphones on when I watch the show yeah cracks me up oh man uh, he has a Salamanca goon there uh, says he needs an answer Mike tells him respectfully no and uh, then we see Mike he's already like 10 step ahead right right well did you so notice the, the, Salam- ca- the Salamanca guy had a red bandana no I did not notice do you know about the red thing no, I do not. It's like the one thing that I've ever taken away from insider stuff is that the color red means something's about to happen with that character. Oh, <laughs> nice. Like, yeah. So and, and it's some, they said sometimes it's very subtle. Mm-hmm. This was not so subtle. This was that red bandana and the camera zoomed in on it. Like it's basically saying this dude's important. Gotcha. So okay. future reference people watch for the color red. That's very important in this show. No, that's a good, that's a good visual clue. Yeah. Um, I do but like yeah. how Mike was very nonchalant. He's like, hello, can I help you? Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> like, knew. Well, he knew. Yeah. He knew. He, he was way ahead of the game, though, because it shows what he went shopping for, and it, uh, most of his groceries were carbon paper and a welcome mat. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, uh, and 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 uh, copier paper. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The uh, Well, isn't that what I said? Carbon paper? You said carbon paper. There's carbon paper, copier paper, and a welcome mat. Oh, well, I don't... Oh, okay. So I get it now. Okay, so the carbon paper is to transfer the footprint to the copy paper when somebody steps on the welcome mat okay which i, I always thought right away i picked that I always up right thought, away i always thought the uh carbon paper like because when i think carbon cop carbon paper you know it's like kind of like a waitress receipt where it's like the three layers and you're right on the top and then you right. fold it up in the carbon. right yeah, yeah. like so uh, okay I, I thought the carbon paper already had that on it no the carbon paper is that black paper right yeah and then it, it prints to a piece of paper it does nothing on its own Got it. It has to transfer yeah. the carbon to something. Right. So, yeah, it, as soon as you did the, the, the carbon paper and the welcome mat, because I was like, welcome mat, and then carbon paper, <laughs> and, and I was like, carbon paper, and then the regular paper, I was like, this sneaky motherfucker. Like, wow, that's clever. 
Did you did you know what was going on before it showed how it ends up later in the episode? I knew that's why he was doing. It. I knew it was for footprints. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I, I figured. I just kind of, I was thinking ahead. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. nice. Uh, we see to Kim toot, to toot my own horn here. <laughs> we see uh, Kim uh, sparring with uh, Mr. Schweigert. Well, no, one of the lawyers from uh, Schweigert and. Uh, yeah, Richard Schweikert is there. Right. Um, but he's not the one speaking. Right, yeah. Which yeah, says yeah. a lot. This re- that says so much about what happens next, I think. Mm-hmm. I like uh you know, so she's sparring with the uh with the uh, opposing lawyer about the medical records of the residents, uh, saying that they uh you know, Schweigert and Co or whatever the hell the name of their thing is. Schweigert uh, and Coakley. Schweigert and Coakley. Are, uh, you know, they're trying to have it both ways. You know, they're trying to say that the residents were competent enough to sign the contracts. However, now they are too incompetent due to age. And it's a good point. She, uh, yeah, excellent both, point. Both, that is an both excellent sides point. have valid points, though, because old people do degrade fast. Yeah, that's true. Kim uh, tries to paint it as bullying and trying to intimidate uh, the, sandpi- the, the folks of Sandpiper. And, uh, you know, she's pretty sure that she lost in uh, Schweigert when they meet outside in the hall. He even says that it was a unwinnable position, but you went down swinging. So you got to kind of admire that. <laughs> yeah. And your boss didn't even show up. Yeah. 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 Right. They go, they go to lunch, uh, have a Moscow mule, which Man. now I've, I've never heard of before, but now I'm damn determined to have a Moscow mule. I've heard of, never tried. Yeah. I didn't know it came in like a copper mug or anything. No. This fellow, I mean, these are fancy lawyer in places. Right. <laughs> uh, Kim and uh, Schweiger meet, and uh, Kim, you know, we find out a little bit about her. She started in the mailroom. She's been with uh, HHM for 10 years, and they're, you know, paying her dues. And part of her agreement was she'd work for them. They'd help her pay half through college, and they're helping her pay off her uh, student loans. And that's when uh, Schweiger talks about his, uh, what he believes to be a defining moment in his career where he had a big a big case and he was all ready to rock and his boss didn't show up, but the opposing counsels like the partners and, and first chair all showed up and it was just basically him versus them. Same, same thing as that's why I wanted to note that Schweiker was on the opposite of Kim because she's going against a partner. Yeah. You know, very, yeah. it's a, and, it's a complete parallel. Yep. And the, and it never sat well with Schweiker. And uh, apparently he's been watching Kim since the Kettleman trial. I don't have a comment on that. Keep going. I'm just saying it's interesting because it's the Kettleman's. <laughs> we were kind of hoping they come back. We we love uh, Julianne Emery and yeah. Any any mention of the Kettleman's makes me happy because we want them on the show again so bad. God, I, I hope just, they get at least a cameo. <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> you, know, you know what though? Like at, at this point, I don't even know if I don't know if that's too much really because this season, uh, this season now it, it, we'll find out why later. There, there's a lot of a lot of cameos. This yeah, season. and it, it all makes sense, but I just don't want it to get too top heavy. I was just gonna actually ask you about that if if they're getting a little heavy with the cameos. Okay, so I think I think in this context it works because they are a part of the organization that Ignacio is a part of, right? But yeah. if it was something lame like uh, like they were driving down the street and they got frustrated at the stoplight because. Uh, fucking Walt Jr. was taking too long to go across the crosswalk, and it was just like, <laughs> oh, there's Walt, for the sake of having him there. Then that be say, kind of bullshit. Wait a minute. Didn't you at one time say it would be cool if Walter White was just like washing Jimmy's car, the car wash, and passing? Mm-hmm. Yes. Indeed. But okay. now I've- we'll just leave that out there. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like, but that was that was before 
Yeah. That was before I saw all the cameos of this season. You know, all the so callbacks now, of the season. So now you're at a point where they, uh, I, they're doing a very good job of it so far. That's what right, I want to know. Right, before when I made it, that it comment about sense. like... So, so any, anything like that now would feel like a shoehorn since it's all been so authentic up to this point. Right, exactly. Yes. Because like, like you know, five episodes ago, that would have been a cute Easter egg. You know, here, right. you know, almost towards the end of season two, with so many people that have come into play, it's like, oh, why the fuck did you even have to include that? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's, it's. I mean, we'll get to it, but it's it's been solid. Like, I like the way they've done it. I think it, it all fits. It's subtle. Mm-hmm. Everybody's still, except for, I mean, Crazy 8 wasn't really the same character, but that was kind of cool, you know? Right, well, it was like pre-evolution right, Crazy yeah. 8. Exactly, exactly. So, they, yeah, they Schweikert. When he says it wasn't about proving his medal, it was about how his boss had a tea time he didn't want to miss, so he realized how insignificant he was. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you know, he he wonders why. Oh, he wonders why Kim's still there because he wants yeah. her in a partner track. And right. I started thinking, I, may, maybe I'm getting crazy here. It's not about it's not about Schweikert and Coakley gaining Kim. It's about HHM losing Kim. And mm-hmm. then thereby maybe getting Jimmy off the case. Ah. Because this is a huge case. It's millions and millions of dollars and blah, 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 blah. So it's kind of like, like if you take another team's quarterback, but it's not necessarily about them, about you getting their quarterback, it's that team doesn't have it anymore. It, yeah, it's about ruining the dynamic. Yeah. So to speak. Like, I, I get what you're saying. So like you take away an important piece and the whole thing will crumble. Right. Yeah, like gotcha, adding okay. that piece to your team isn't as big as destroying the other team, right? So you you don't think you don't think the recruitment is genuine? You think it's more of a strategic play? Uh, column A, column B. Okay, I think, but it, it like, something like about it's no, it. It's it's nothing but win win for Schweikert. Exactly, because he exactly. would get a pretty uh you know a pretty uh formidable lawyer, and then at the same time he might dissolve the case for the other side. Right, and it might it okay. might not Jimmy out of the case too because you know kim's gone right he hates hamlin yeah he hates chuck right (laughs) he's gonna start hating davis and maine yeah but he's just hating everybody do you think schweikert knows that though i mean he well i guess it might be like a closed community and that might just be like a welcome byproduct see that's a very good that's a very good counterpoint because i don't know if schweikert does not realize how close they are maybe it is maybe if my theory is on track it's just about kim then because i mean she saw she's tenacious and he has had his eye yeah, on but but who knows because he he knew that she was in the fucking mail room for six years right well it just so maybe, it shows her yeah so maybe he does know some inside baseball so that's good that's that's something we're gonna have to watch as the uh last four episodes unfold yeah um oh shit, that's deep man that's deep well thank Listeners. you well, it's also it's also good good on you for for you know the counterpoint about maybe yeah. he doesn't know how close jimmy is whatever listeners let us know what you think uh we're at Mike's house. He pulls up. It's dark. Presumably coming home from his uh his uh shack, <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know checks out the welcome mat. Sees the footprints on the carbon paper. You know checks, two sets. Yep. Checks. I couldn't tell. I, I I honestly couldn't tell if it was one set coming and going, or if it was two sets going in. I I think it was two sets going in like side by side. Like mm-hmm. so. Pretty much, he had the whole underneath of the welcome mat covered, so it was just a few pieces of paper. And as they, yeah, you know, came in, yeah. Um, well, that's, draws, that's a big deal. Later, yeah, draws his gun, ready for battle. Starts clearing the house, except for uh, 
The last room. Always the last room you look, Dave. It's just well, like yeah, when you lose when you, your keys. When you find it, you stop looking. Mm, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> he, <laughs> he draws the thugs out with the TV noise. Which Genius. is uh Yeah, it's a classic Mike move, because remember in Breaking Bad, he threw the shoe down the hallway, and, yeah. uh, and the guy ran out shooting, and he shot him in the back of the head. Totally. Oh, totally, yeah, totally. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice... Uh, <laughs> Nice, uh, nice uh, deception, deceptive move by uh, Mike, and uh, guys come, uh, guys come sneaking out. Mike's behind the door and uh, beats their ass with his gun, <laughs> which is, which is why I had to note: was it one set of prints in and out, or was it two sets of prints going in? Because he knew. Because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, he's gonna shoot the first guy, and the second guy is gonna do something. But no, he totally knew there was two guys, so he he, he saw mic- the two footprints. Yeah. He mic'd it up. Yeah, and uh, no, on the commercial, it was Billy May slap chop because <laughs> he was slapping well, those <laughs> slapping those guys around. <laughs> and not only that, maybe the scene happens roughly at the same time that Jimmy is uh, watching Chia Pet infomercials on TV as well. Uh, yeah, look at there. Maybe we have like a simultaneous timeline going on. This is um, uh, interesting. I never think about simultaneous timelines until they're brought to my attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wait, but Billy Mays didn't do the slap chop. Billy Mays here. Yes, he did. No, it was a skinny guy. You're going to love my nuts. No, that's... Uh, oh, okay, well... Yeah, the Sham Wow guy did the slap chop. Okay, well, whatever Billy Mays' version of the slap chop was, that's what he was doing. Okay. Because he was talking about <laughs> dicing... He was talking about dicing onions. Maybe it was Crazy Putty or... <laughs> <laughs> OxyClean. Yeah. Billy Mays here... Uh, so anyway, he whips their ass, takes their guns. What's the message? And they say he was just supposed to scare him and that he needs to take the, uh, $5,000. But I like, okay. So what I like how they did this scene is in situations like this, in most movies, there's always like a big speech between the two, you know, like a big, like, like, like they go into it in depth. I always feel like there's a big dialogue in situations like this in most movies. And in this one, he's just like, what's the message? And they're just like, uh, you should have taken the $5,000. Like, like there okay, wasn't like out. a big uh, exposition on it. Right. Yeah. And he's just brevity, like, you know, brevity, man, brevity. Yeah. They're like, well, for the record, we're here just to scare you. And he's like, I'll try harder next time and uh, kick some out of their house. Yeah. Try harder. Try harder, yeah. pussies. So. Blood, blood, and uh, pieces of skin, <laughs> presumably, are all over the gun. He's cleaning it off. Uh, and then when Mike's done, his hands start shaking very violently. Yeah, he's like the Waco kid in Blazing Saddles, man. Explain. Well, you know, steady as a rock, but I shoot with this hand. No, I don't know this. You don't I know no Blazing Saddles? When he's talking about being the Waco kid, and he's like, you know, the fastest gun in the West, and he's he holds up the right hand. And he's like, oh, steady oh, as a rock. And he goes, yeah, but I shoot with this hand. His left hand's shaking. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Do you think that was a reference to that? Like, what a weird reference. But like, it I, would I don't be because think- it's and it's so different that it would have mm-hmm. to be somebody stupid like me looking too deep to get it. <laughs> I mean, we we've never seen that mannerism in Mike before, have we? No, no. I look at it, I looked at it as like this is he's starting to crack. Like he's his, his nerves are just getting to him. You it's know, just too much. Stacy's going crazy. Mm. Uh, Tio's going crazy. Tuco is crazy. You know, he's just surrounded by crazy people. And, like uh, blood. Well, maybe, you know what? Then that might, like, his blood pressure is just kind of starting to get out of control. And, and you know, that's a good point because he grabs his other hand and he gives it, like, a look. And, uh, you know, like a situation where he's like, you know, calm down, Mike. Like, right. You know, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay, nice. nice I mean, he's, nice. And he flat out said, try harder. Well, they're probably going to try harder. 
<laughs> yeah, game on. Yeah. Game on. Uh, we see Kim staring at the banker's box in her office. Uh, she just wants to pack it all up and quit, man. It's at least going through her head. Yeah, she's having some thoughts. She's uh, the, the wheels are turning. She's weighing her options. Yeah, sure. she's getting she's getting ready to go to lunch, and uh, one of uh, Howard's lackeys come in and tell her basically that she has to work over lunch and do menial work for him. But hey, we'll order you a salad. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. so so he can draft a letter. Yeah, I made a note yeah. of that. Like he's got you know something more important to do. Right. Yeah, and she just kind of leaves anyway. Yeah, she just I'm out of here. Taking a stand, it. man. Not quitting, by the way. Let me emphasize, she didn't quit for lunch and then come back. She is not quitting. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so I'm going to throw that out there, fucker. Yeah, I saw it coming. I saw it in your face. So uh, she, did not, she did not quit. She just uh, kind of left and went for lunch. <laughs> she did go have a drink, though. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see that in a bit. We cut to a hotel pool, pretty swanky hotel from the looks of it. I believe that's a motel. You can drive up to the doors of motels, Dave. Oh, is that the difference? Mm-hmm. It's a motor hotel. Motel, yeah. It has exterior corridors, and oftentimes you can drive up to the door of your hotel room. Thus, mm. a motor hotel, a motel. I thought it was just a uh, hotel on the road, like on a highway. That you drive up to. Yeah, okay. It's I like a motel. It. Motor hotel, motel. Cool. Motorboat and son of a bitch. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Mike and Kaylee are at the swimming pool, and uh, we glance up, and we see the twins from Breaking Bad, the assassin twins, uh, standing on an adjacent building, and he kind of does the whole gun gesture with his fingers, Yep. points to Mike, and then to the kid, and uh, message uh, delivered. Which goes back to the how they're, how we like the way they're including previous characters. It's subtle. Yeah, it's it's not ham fisted. Ham ham fisted. Yeah, the word. It's not ham fisted. Right. He just yeah. He looks up and like, oh, there's the twins. Look at that shit. Right. So it, it works within the context of the story that mm-hmm. they're telling. Yep. Absolutely. Right. right. Okay. So uh, you know, Mike, uh, for the first time, we kind of see him visibly shook, but then that quickly turns to quiet. I I I took it as quiet anger. I no, because he grabbed. Well, right, but well, as he was like before look, he gathers Kaylee up. Yeah, yeah, yeah like he okay. was he was like really shook and then he was kind of hugging her and then I I uh that I was kinda, fear. I like, saw fear. Like before like, he grabbed her? No, as he grabbed her, the way the way like, he's as he grabbed her. her like just before it cuts out like for some reason something about his face said to me where like he was like I'm going to have to kill these motherfuckers. <laughs> you know See, what I, I mean? Like, I thought it was uh what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah, well, I you mean know. it could go either way. I yeah. I've uh because I thought I, I saw it as the first like th- this is where Mike is showing some cracks in the armor, mm-hmm. the the stoic facade is starting to crumble a little bit, and that's why I was kind of like he's actually legitimately scared, yeah. Um, but he's not scared for himself, right? Yeah, which like, he even said like he's not scared for himself; he's scared for Kaylee and Stacy. Yeah, absolutely. Then we see Kim. She went to the bar, and she herself is having a Moscow Mule. Yep, she's trying to you know gain a little perspective from uh, Schweikert's side of things, apparently. Absolutely. She sees uh, Dale. <laughs> Dale, which is always a funny name to me. Sorry if your name is Dale, but Dale kind of cracks me up. Um, <laughs> so it sees Dale uh, kissing a, a very attractive woman, seeing her off from uh, their lunch meeting. He sends her a drink. In her she Porsche? Thinks, Wait, the, the hot chick's driving a Porsche? This dude's got it all. Was that a Porsche? Yeah. I don't, I don't know cars. It was a Porsche. 
What I know about cars is uh, they have four wheels, and I can take them to some guy and pay 30 bucks to have my oil changed, and well, that's what I know about cars. <laughs> you can go to a back alley and pay some guy five bucks to have your oil changed. Um, <laughs> um, no, I was going to say, hold on. Uh, I'm going to scratch porch. Sports car. It was a sports car. Because if I yeah. say the wrong fucking sports car, someone will call me out on it. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, he, he sent... Sends Kim a drink. She accepts and uh, introduces herself as Giselle. <laughs> where, where have I heard that name before? Uh, meeting Ken Wins. That's right. I like how everybody's just kind of taken to the fact that Ken's last name is Wins, and everybody refers <laughs> yeah. to him as Ken Wins. When that character doesn't have a last name, it's just Ken. It could be Ken <laughs> Winningham or something. They just shorten it. <laughs> Ken Winningston. Ken Ken Wins Ken Winsington. Ken Winsington. <laughs> But uh, yeah, because at first I didn't know where she was going because this guy's hitting on her and, you know, her and Jimmy are like strained or whatever. And then when she slams the drink, she's like, boom, okay, I'll take another drink. And I was like, is she going to, is she going to like, you know, get with this dude? Like she knows he's a player. She knows after one thing. Entertain other options, you know? But no, she knows he's a Or maybe like, you know, like a revenge hookup or something like that, you know? Yeah. Right. But nope, she, she knows he's a sucker. Yep. So uh, we see Jimmy working and uh, Aaron lording over him, taking notes, kind of pressing him. And again, I've been there, man, and it fucking sucks. And he's like, you know, I, uh, you know, watch pot doesn't boil. Have you ever heard that? Like, oh, that sucks so bad because I've been there. I know that feeling. <laughs> that sucks so bad. So I noticed that they said the August 1st, 1999, like four times. They're so verifying th- dates. Yeah, well, if anybody wants to tell us what's important about that date feel free to hit us up on the twitter with something about that august 1st 1999 so uh she's lording over him phone rings jimmy answers it's kim he says he's got to go talk to his grandma i don't remember what the excuse was was it she's old or something like that Uh, yeah i don't actually i didn't write that down yeah yeah i I think it was just something really simple like oh it's my grandma she's uh old (laughs) and he just kind (laughs) of leaves uh, you know, Kim says we got a live one on the hook. Jimmy says he's on his way, and she's clearly and, buzzed. Yeah, and then and then uh, you know it cuts to the bar, and we find out what the scam was. Uh, you know, he he meets. I I don't know. I still don't know if they chatted in the brief time about what the scam was, or if he just got there and she just kind of um, was like, "All right, he's just going to go with it, and we'll figure it out." Yeah, I was trying to figure out exactly where Jimmy was coming from. Like when he arrives, like is he in on it? Does he know? Because it almost seemed like he wasn't playing along. Like, right? Yeah, like, this okay, is like so- a role reversal thing where Kim's all into it. She wants to scam this dude, and Jimmy's kind of like, I just want to hang out with Kim. Yeah, she goes. She goes to the washroom, and he asks uh, Dale what exactly he knows about it. And she said he said that it, it was basically like some dot com thing where people can meet up, basically like a social media type thing. Yeah, like a like a Twitter or not Twitter, like a, a like Tinder. Facebook or MySpace yeah, or something. Yeah, I was thinking more like a Tinder or a Bumble. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. yeah same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apps before apps were apps. A chat roulette, um, if you will. Maybe if this. Will. Maybe he just gave the guy idea the idea for Tinder. Mm. Mm. It's going down. I'm yelling Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Timber. So lame. Okay. <laughs> um. So Jimmy says, you know, if they have to take on if they take on one more investor, uh, you know, they're going to have to go public. 
And um, man, does he know okay, how to play so, people? See, but I was kind of agreeing with you though. Like, I thought that some reason Jimmy was having a change of heart and felt differently about Kim initiating like the whole scam. And maybe like, he was having like a change of heart because the way it cut off, it was like, he was like, that was his way of trying to back out, like trying to pull it back. Yeah. It seemed like it, you know, maybe like you, you, when you realize that you've kind of corrupted somebody mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah. okay, okay, this is you know too much. Let's back it off. This is my thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want you. I'm Vader. You're Luke. Don't come to the dark side. Mm, please don't. Yeah. Mike, uh, Mike pulls up to a restaurant, which by the way, awesome mural on that restaurant. I didn't even notice it. I was looking at Nacho. It was like it was like big. It was like big bright paintings of like lollipops and snack foods and stuff. It was like totally sunshine lollipops and rainbows. Indeed, which Michael mm. McKeon sang in Spinal Tap. Mm, look at that. <laughs> fucking, I'm, I'm fucking Stretch Armstrong today. You are, dude. <laughs> so okay, so Mike pulls up to the restaurant. He does the sit down with uh, with Tio Salamanca. Well, you notice um, that. Nacho never checked, like, didn't care about the gun. Maybe he knew that Hector wouldn't care because he does say, uh, he, you know, yeah. he checks him for wires. Got no wires, but he's got a gun. And he, uh, Hector's like, uh, I, I don't care about the gun. Yeah, it's one thing that they addressed it, but I noticed it as they were doing it. Like, oh, he's yeah. patting him down, just skipping the gun. So mm-hmm. obviously not a concern. Yep. So basically, the whole deal is, is uh, Hector again. He reiterates he wants Mike to claim that the gun was his tomorrow. Mike, yeah, like he's the next now, day. Now it's now it's it's go time. Yep. Uh, Mike says uh, he, he's well. You know he he wants to be paid. He wants to talk payment, mm-hmm. but uh, the five thousand dollars is off the table. And then Mike ups the ante substantially and says he wants fifty k for it. Yeah, and because uh, letting him live is not enough. Mm-hmm. And I do like the uh, well. Maybe I need the fifty thousand more than you do. Yeah, you know. Okay, so great writing, but as soon as he as soon as he sat down, uh, I had a feeling. Uh, man, he's gonna bluff him up. Like he's gonna bluff him up. Ah, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have any inkling of where Mike was gonna take this. Really? Yeah. No, I, the I, whole I figured time he was, was gonna like, stand him down. You know, he's not gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know. Yeah. So I figured he's yeah. going to stand him down. I thought I kind of thought maybe Mike would just say no deal, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know what he was going to do. Yeah. So um, you know, he bluffed him up. Gets uh, fifty fifty k. Uh, Hector does the classic like, oh well, now I suddenly respect the guy who spit in the face of my offer. Big balls. So I'm going to give him. Yeah, big balls. So now I'm going to give him what he wants so now now it's intriguing because you know hopefully we'll find out in the future if we find out if uh you know they come to the understanding that nacho was a part of all that yeah well it comes it gets addressed in the next Mm -hmm. scene yeah but maybe somewhere down the road yeah that'll come into play they were renewed for season three so who knows (laughs) could get interesting nacho's not in breaking bad yeah his his name Uh, is right yeah so Yeah. Mike, uh, Mike's at home, just sitting in the dark, not watching infomercials this time. Nacho delivers the pay, and uh, Mike refunds $25,000 to Nacho. This is a man of some goddamn integrity. Well, not only that, it's just good customer service, Dave. Right. It's just good customer service. And a pretty decent cover-your-ass move. Yep. He's got to keep Nacho on good ter- terms. He's got to keep Nacho on his side in case this whole thing blows up. 
Plus that whole uh, honor among thieves thing. You know what yeah. I mean? They're both, <laughs> you know, it shows that he's, uh, well, yeah, kind of trustworthy or honorable. You know what I mean? It shows right. that he's a man of his word. Integrity shows his uh, integrity. I like the honor amongst thieves because, yeah, in, in a in a in a business so lacking of integrity amongst each other, they have to maintain respect or it's anarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's when people die or get cut off or yeah. die and get cut off. <laughs> Actually, I put a star and I said that's an, an integrity move and it's very good networking. Mm, yes quite (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but he tells him he said you're 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 gonna need this because your problem's coming back because i didn't hold up my end of the deal technically mm -hmm. your problem's coming back sooner than you expect yep yep setting the stage man yep gaslighting that's called gaslighting (laughs) i I thought it was called foreshadowing i I like gaslighting better okay it's rain making he's rain making (laughs) (laughs) rain dance (laughs) yeah (laughs) So we see Kimmy and Jimmy again for the last time this episode. They have a che- uh, check to Ice Zebra Station. Ice, oh, Ice Station Zebra. Ice Station Zebra Associates for $10,000, man. Which is a Breaking Bad reference in yeah. itself, which I thought was yep. because you, I think you brought that up. Yeah. You mentioned before that it was like his fake company that he was taking payments through in Breaking Bad. So yeah. pretty clever little nod. nod to that, segue into that or whatever. Yeah, did did you hear what he said though? He said he he told Kim that if she wants to cash it, he knows a guy who can help. Right, yeah. Yeah, he knows who can help. Yeah, he knows a guy who can help. Yeah. And she says no, it would be uh it's better as a souvenir, which I take is that she can't quite go all the way with it. Yeah. She can't quite take the guy's 10 Gs. She's just going to keep the check. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be awesome if somebody broke in the house and somehow cashed the check. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe Jimmy will later, and that's how they break up. Maybe. Uh, then she tells Jimmy that she got a job offer from uh, Coakley and or Swigert and Coakley. Uh, they offered to pay off her student loan, and Jimmy kind of lies and say, "Well, you know, you should take it because it'll give you everything you wanted." It, you know, she goes into her spiel about how, but Jimmy doesn't get what he wants really because he was uh, he was all happy floating around in the pool being a charlatan and uh, she kind of held him back from that and he just kind of lied you know he said oh i got a car and a nine to five you know i'm happy i got what i wanted tables have turned right but that's not what he wanted at all he was just saying that to appease her right (laughs) yeah yeah well that's the thing like you know they're both not doing what they want but telling the other that this is what they want because it's like the responsible thing to do or the expected thing to do but they're both at odds with their situation together. Right. Which is actually strengthening their relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a while before they break up. She must die. <laughs> <laughs> they leave the apartment. And, uh, <laughs> Jimmy hops into his car and he finally, using a, a wheel jack, uh, he finally destroys the cup holder and makes his uh, world's second greatest lawyer cup fit. I'm calling this a Blues Brothers reference. Fix a cigarette lighter. Yeah. <laughs> like, on the side note, that's one of my all-time favorite movie <laughs> movie moments is just he lights a cigarette, tosses it out the window. He's like, fix the cigarette lighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but notice, notice, even though he, he was pretty uh, self-satisfactory about busting that uh, the cup holder out and getting his mug to fit, he still had the slight annoyance of the seatbelt that kept locking up as he was trying to put it on. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I thought that the was first just time, like when you're frustrated. And you're, yeah, I didn't. 
Right, and the seatbelt locks and jams, and it's, like, frustrating. And that happened earlier in the episode. And then here, even though he busted out the cup holder and got his cup to fit, he kind of, like, smugly smiles at himself, but then he pulls the belt, and it jerks, like, once. And he's just like, okay. like Just never stops. The little little annoyances, the, the paradise that is seemingly in reach but unattainable is also in his car. I said that not the way I wanted to. Yeah, but we're going to keep that because that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> it's, it's all Bally High. The whole fucking episode is Bally High. It's Bally a great, High, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great parallel. It's, it's yeah. totally what the song's about. It's what the episode's about. Yeah, Everybody wants good. shit they can't have. It's always good. just out of reach. Motherfuckers, yeah. unless you're Howard Hamlin, he's got it all. Yeah, it's all like good writing and stuff. <laughs> so, Dave, what do you think of episode 206 overall? It's not the direction I thought things were going to go. No, no, I did not see this whole like the 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 Jimmy floating in the pool and Kim mm-hmm. still thinking about that and that being like a a huge moment for Kim yeah. and, and her insight into Jimmy. I didn't see that coming, but totally like she's realizing mm. what she gets out of Jimmy. Yeah, and the whole like you know the qualities you see in another person that kind of piss you off. I think we mentioned that with Chuck last episode. Yeah, you know she wants to be the free, free and easy way that Jimmy is after just slaving for ten years and being where she's at now. Wants to uh, shed the ties that bind her. It's like everybody wants to be Jimmy, but they don't realize that Jimmy's just on a path to managing a Cinnabon in Omaha. (laughs) (laughs) And it's deep, man. It's deep. All right, guys, what did you guys think about episode 206 of Better Call Saul? Me, personally, I, li- I, I thought it was kind of like a really intense episode, and it seems yeah. like the appropriate time to, like, it. it's not really a lull because I wasn't, like, put off by it, but it was definitely, like, it set a lot of groundwork, I think, for big things coming up in the final four episodes. It seems like this whole, we've, we've said that two or three times this, se- this season, too. Yeah, but then they keep, like, raising the bar of awesome yeah. points to where it can jump off. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, I it, can't wait it, to see all the. This may, they could, they could either cement the fact that this is, like, one of the greatest shows on TV. Mm-hmm. Or totally fucking blow it this season. <laughs> right. They, they have, are absolutely setting it up to where they could totally blow it. So I'm yeah. really hoping that they don't because, for one, it's really hard to be critical and we love the show and everybody's so awesome. You're right. And you have the background, the production staff and everything. But, right. yeah, it's definitely, it's building big. I think yeah. I feel like it's building really big. Yeah, I can't wait to see where it ends up. Uh, check out Dave and I's other podcast, the Nothing Important Podcast, at www.nothingimportantpodcast.com. We are also syndicated by the Podcast Detroit Network, which is all of podcasts. From Detroit, like the greatest podcast from Detroit, minus nothing important, and it's all good, man, who I've been to Detroit like twice in my life. I've never but, been to Detroit. I hear about it. Yep, but it's nice. It's nice that they put us on their network. So check out all the other great shows on uh, on Podcast Detroit, like IT in the D. Uh, it's a hilarious uh, like IT tech show. <laughs> nice. And I, IT in the D, I just love their name for several different reasons. But <laughs> great, great bunch of people. Um Check out Nothing Important Podcast, and believe it or not, Dave is on Twitter now. I bit the bullet. I'm I'm in. I got to participate. There's a lot of fun interaction going on. I started my own ISGM Dave host. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we love 
the interaction this season. It's been absolutely crazy. Keep hitting us up on Facebook. Keep hitting us up on Twitter. Keep going to the website. Please, please, please review us on iTunes. I'm totally going to beg. And if you want to be a super solid dude or dudette, please make sure to review the Nothing Important podcast as well. Admittedly, on that show, a lot of times we carry over interviews from uh, It's All Good Man. But we have a bunch of non-Better Saul, Call Saul people uh, coming up on that show as well. It's kind of Dave and I's like, a, I guess like a like drive time celebrity chat thing. It's a, I guess it's random. It's basically Dave and I having fun. Yeah, no, <laughs> no like, two episodes are the same. They're structured all differently. Um, yeah. It's just you know, it's just a little window into our personalities. Yep, absolutely. So please keep being awesome. We love you guys, Dave. Find me on Twitter at PodHostDave. <laughs> call us idiots, call us idiots, call us geniuses, whatever. Just tweet me. <laughs> it's all good, man. Hey, hey it's all good. Oh!